Part 1, Section 6 of Experiments and Observations on Different Kinds of Air by Joseph Priestley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Part 1, Section 6 of Nitrous Air. Ever since I read Dr. Hale's most excellent statical essays, I was particularly struck with that experiment of his, of which an account is given volume one page two hundred twenty four and volume two page two hundred eighty in which common air and air generated from the walton pyrites by a spirit of nitre made a turbid red mixture and in which part of the common air was absorbed but i never expected to have the satisfaction of seeing this remarkable appearance supposing it to be peculiar to that particular mineral happening to mention this subject to the honourable mr cavendish when i was in london in the spring of the year seventeen seventy two he said that he did not imagine but that other kinds of pyrites or the metals might answer as well and that probably the red appearance of the mixture depended upon the spirit of nitre only this encouraged me to attend to the subject and having no pyrites i began with the solution of the different metals in each spirit of nitre and catching the air which was generated in the solution i presently found what i wanted and a good deal more beginning with the solution of brass on the fourth of june seventeen seventy two i first found this remarkable species of air only one effect of which was casually observed by dr hales and he gave so little attention to it and it has been so much unnoticed since his time that as far as i know no name has been given to it i therefore found myself contrary to my first resolution under an absolute necessity of giving a name to this kind of air myself when i first began to speak and write of it to my friends i happened to distinguish it by the name of nitrous air because i had procured it by means of spirit and nitre only and though i cannot say that altogether i like the term neither myself nor any of my friends to whom i have applied for the purpose have been able to hit upon a better so that i am obliged after all to content myself with it i have found that this kind of air is readily procured from iron copper brass tin silver quicksilver bismuth and nickel by the nitrous acid only and from gold in the regulus of antimony by aqua regia the circumstances attending the solution of each of these metals are various but hardly worth mentioning in treating of the properties of the air which they yield which from what metal soever it is extracted as far as i have been able to observe the very same properties one of the most conspicuous properties of this kind of air is the great diminution of any quantity of common air with which it is mixed attended with a turbid red or deep orange colour and a considerable heat the smell of it also is very strong and remarkable but very much resembling that of smoking spirit of nitre the diminution of a mixture of this and common air is not an equal diminution of both the kinds which is all that dr hales could observe but of about one-fifth of the common air and as much of the nitrous air as is necessary to produce that effect which as i have found by many trials is about one-half as much as the original quantity of common air 
for if one measure of nitrous air be put to two measures of common air in a few minutes by which time the effervescence will be over and the mixture will have recovered its transparency there will want about one-ninth of the original two measures and if both the kinds of air be very pure the diminution will still go on slowly till in a day or two the whole will be reduced to one-fifth less than the original quantity of common air this farther diminution by long-standing i had not observed at the time of the first publication of these papers i hardly know any experiment that is more adapted to amaze and surprise than this is which exhibits a quantity of air which as it were devours a quantity of another kind of air half as large as itself and yet is so far from gaining any addition to its bulk that it is considerably diminished by it after this full saturation of common air with nitrous air more nitrous air be put to it it makes an addition equal to its own bulk without producing the least redness or any other visible effect if the smallest quantity of common air be put to any larger quantity of nitrous air though the two together will not occupy so much space as they did separately yet the quantity will be larger than that of the nitrous air only one ounce measure of common air being put to near twenty ounce measures of nitrous air made an addition to it of about half an ounce measure this being a much greater proportion than the diminution of common air in the former experiment proves that part of the diminution in the former case is in the nitrous air besides it will presently appear that nitrous air is subject to a most remarkable diminution and is common air in a variety of other cases suffers a diminution from one-fifth to one-fourth i conclude that in this case also it does not exceed that proportion and therefore that the remainder of the diminution respects the nitrous air in order to judge whether the water contributed to the diminution of this mixture of nitrous and common air i made the whole process several times in quicksilver using one-third of nitrous and two-thirds of common air as before in this case the redness continued a very long time and the diminution was not so great as when the mixtures had been made in water there remaining one-seventh more than the original quantity of common air this mixture stood all night upon the quicksilver and the next morning i observed that it was no farther diminished upon the admission of water to it nor by pouring it several times through the water and letting it stand in water two days another mixture which had stood about six hours on the quicksilver was diminished a little more upon the admission of water but was never less than the original quantity of common air in another case however in which the mixture had stood but a very short time in quicksilver the farther diminution which took place upon the admission of water was much more considerable so that the diminution upon the whole was very nearly as great as if the process had been entirely in water it is evident from these experiments that the diminution is in part owing to the absorption by the water but that when the mixture is kept a long time in a situation in which there is no water to absorb any part of it it acquires a constitution by which it is afterwards incapable of being absorbed by water or rather there is an addition to the quantity of air by nitrous air produced by the solution of the quicksilver it will be seen in the second part of this work 
that in the decomposition of nitrous air by its mixture with common air there is nothing at hand when the process is made in quicksilver with which the acid that entered into its composition can readily unite in order to determine whether the fixed part of common air was deposited in the diminution of it by nitrous air i enclosed a vessel full of lime water in the jar in which the process was made but it occasioned no precipitation of the lime and when the vessel was taken out after it had been in that situation a whole day the lime was easily precipitated by breathing into it as usual but though the precipitation of the lime was not sensible in this method of making the experiment it is sufficiently so when the whole process is made in lime water as will be seen in the second part of this work so that we have here another evidence of the deposition of fixed air from common air i have made no alteration however in the preceding paragraph because it may not be useful as a caution to future experimenters it is exceedingly remarkable that this effervescence and diminution occasioned by the mixture of nitrous air is peculiar to common air or air fit for respiration and as far as i can judge from a great number of observations is at least very nearly if not exactly in proportion to its fitness for this purpose so that by means the goodness of air may be distinguished much more accurately than it can be done by putting mice or any other animals to breathe in it this was a most agreeable discovery to me as i hope it may be a useful one to the public especially as from this time i had no occasion for so large a stock of mice as i had been used to keep for the purpose of these experiments using them only in those which required to be very decisive and in these cases i have seldom failed to know beforehand in what manner they would be affected it is also remarkable that on whatever account air is unfit for respiration this same test is equally applicable thus there is not the least effervescence between nitrous and fixed air or inflammable air or any species of diminished air also the degree of diminution being from nothing at all to more than one-third of the whole of any quantity of air we are by this means in possession of a prodigiously large scale by which we may distinguish very small degrees of difference in the goodness of air i have not attended much to this circumstance having used this test chiefly for greater differences but if i did not deceive myself i have perceived a real difference in the air of my study after a few persons have been with me in it and the air on the outside of the house also a vial of air having been sent me from the neighbourhood of york it appeared not to be so good as the air near leeds that is it was not diminished so much by an equal measure of nitrous air every other circumstance being as nearly the same as i could contrive it may perhaps be possible but i have not yet attempted it to distinguish some of the different winds or the air of different times of the year etc etc by this test by means of this test i was able to determine what i was before in doubt about viz the kind as well as the degree of injury done to air by candles burning in it i could not tell with certainty by means of mice whether it was at all injured with respect to respiration and yet if nitrous air may be depended upon for furnishing an accurate test 
it must be rather more than one-third worse than common air, and have been diminished by the same general cause of the other diminutions of air. For when, after many trials, I put one measure of thoroughly putrid and highly noxious air into the same vessel with two measures of good wholesome air, and into another vessel an equal quantity, viz. three measures of air in which a candle had burned out, and then put equal quantities of nitrous air to each of them, the latter was diminished rather more than the former. It agrees with this observation that burned air is farther diminished both by putrefaction and a mixture of iron filings and brimstone, and I therefore take it for granted by every other cause of the diminution of air. It is probable, therefore, that burned air is so far loaded with phlogiston as to be able to extinguish a candle, which it may do long before it is fully saturated. Inflammable air with a mixture of nitrous air burns with a green flame. This makes a very pleasing experiment when it is properly conducted. As, for some time, I chiefly made use of copper for the generation of nitrous air, I first described this circumstance to that property of this metal, by which it burns with a green flame, but I was presently satisfied that it must arise from the spirit of nitre, for the effect is the very same from which ever of the metals the nitrous air is extracted, all of which I tried for this purpose, even silver and gold. A mixture of oil of vitriol and spirit of nitre, in equal proportions dissolved iron, and the produce was nitrous air. But a less degree of spirit of nitre in the mixture produced air that was inflammable, and which burned with the green flame. It also tinged common air a little red, and diminished it, though not much. The diminution of common air by a mixture of nitrous air is not so extraordinary as the diminution which nitrous air itself is subject to from a mixture of iron filings and brimstone, made into a paste with water. This mixture, as I have already observed, diminishes common air between one-fifth and one-fourth, but has no such effect upon any kind of air that has been diminished, and rendered noxious by any other process. But when it is put to a quantity of nitrous air, it diminishes it so much that no more than one-fourth of the original quantity will be left. The effect of this process is generally perceived in five or six hours, about which time the visible effervescence of the mixture begins, and in a very short time it advances so rapidly that in about an hour almost the whole effect will have taken place. If it be suffered to stand a day or two longer, the air will still be diminished farther, but only a very little farther, in proportion to the first diminution. The glass jar, in which the air and this mixture have been confined, has generally been so much heated in this process that I have not been able to touch it. Nitrous air, thus diminished, has not so strong a smell as nitrous air itself, but smells just like common air in which the same mixture has stood, and it is not capable of being diminished any farther by a fresh mixture of iron and brimstone. Common air saturated with nitrous air is also no farther diminished by this mixture of iron filings and brimstone, though the mixture ferments with great heat and swells very much in it. Plants die very soon, both in nitrous air and also in common air saturated with nitrous air, but especially in the former. 
neither nitrous air nor common air saturated with nitrous air differ in specific gravity from common air at least the difference is so small that i could not be sure there was any sometimes about three pints of it seeming to be a half a grain heavier and at other times as much lighter than common air having among other kinds of air exposed a quantity of nitrous air to water out of which the air had been well boiled in the experiment to which i have more than once referred as having been the occasions of several new and important observations i found that nineteen of twenty of the whole was absorbed perceiving to my great surprise that so very great a proportion of this kind of air was miscible with water i immediately began to agitate a considerable quantity of it in a jar standing in a trough of the same kind of water and with about four times as much agitation as fixed air requires it was so far absorbed by the water that only about one-fifth remained this remainder extinguished flame and was noxious to animals afterwards i diminished a pretty large quantity of nitrous air to one-eighth of its original bulk and the remainder still retained much of its peculiar smell and diminished common air a little a mouse also died in it but not so suddenly as it would have done in pure nitrous air in this operation the peculiar smell of nitrous air is very manifest the water being first impregnated with the air and then transmitting it to the common atmosphere this experiment gave me the hint of impregnating water with nitrous air in the manner in which i had before done it with fixed air and i presently found that distilled water would imbibe about one-tenth of its bulk in this kind of air and that it acquired a remarkably acid and astringent taste from it the smell of water thus impregnated is at first peculiarly pungent i did not choose to swallow any of it though for anything that i know it may be perfectly innocent and perhaps in some cases salutary this kind of air is retained very obstinately by water in an exhausted receiver a quantity of this air thus saturated emitted a whitish fume such as sometimes issues from bubbles of this air when it is first generated and also some air bubbles but though it was suffered to stand a long time in this situation it still retained its peculiar taste but when it had stood all night pretty near the fire the water was become quite vapid and had deposited a filmy kind of matter of which i had often collected a considerable quantity from the trough in which jars containing this air had stood this i supposed to be a precipitate of the metal by the solution of which the nitrous air was generated i have not given so much attention to it as to know with certainty in which circumstances this deposit is made any more than i do the matter deposited from inflammable air above mentioned for i cannot get it at least in any considerable quantity when i please whereas i have often found abundance of it when i did not expect it at all the nitrous air with which i made the first impregnation of water was extracted from copper but when i made the impregnation with air from quicksilver the water had the very same taste though the matter deposited from it seemed to be of a different kind for it was whitish whereas the other had a yellowish tinge except the first quantity of this impregnated water i could never deprive any more that i made of its peculiar taste 
I have even let some of it stand more than a week, in vials with their mouths open, and sometimes very near the fire, without producing any alteration in it. Whether any of the spirit of nitre contained in the nitrous air be mixed with the water in this operation, I have not yet endeavoured to determine. This, however, may probably be the case, as the spirit of nitre is, in a considerable degree, volatile. It will perhaps be thought that the most useful, if not the most remarkable, of all the properties of this extraordinary kind of air, is its power of preserving animal substances from putrefaction, and of restoring those that are already putrid, which it possesses in a far greater degree than fixed air. My first observation of this was altogether casual. Having found nitrous air to suffer so great a diminution, as I have already mentioned by a mixture of iron filings and brimstone, I was willing to try whether it would be equally diminished by other causes of the diminution of common air, especially by putrefaction, and for this purpose I put a dead mouse into a quantity of it, and placed it near the fire, where the tendency to putrefaction was very great. In this case there was a considerable diminution, viz. from five and one-quarters to three and one-quarters, but not so great as I had expected, the antiseptic power of the nitrous air having checked the tendency to putrefaction, for when, after a week, I took the mouse out, I perceived, to my very great surprise, that it had no offensive smell. Upon this I took two other mice, one of them just killed, and the other soft and putrid, and put them both into the same jar of nitrous air, standing in the usual temperature of the weather, in the months of July and August of 1772, and after twenty-five days, having observed that there was little or no change in the quantity of the air, I took the mice out, and examining them, found them both perfectly sweet, even when cut through in several places. That which had been put into the air, when just dead, was quite firm, and the flesh of the other, which had been putrid and soft, was still soft, but perfectly sweet. In order to compare the antiseptic power of this kind of air with that of fixed air, I examined a mouse which I had enclosed in a vial full of fixed air, as pure as I could make it, and which I had corked very close, but upon opening this vial in water about a month after, I perceived that a large quantity of putrid effluvium had been generated, for it rushed with violence out of the vial, and the smell that came from it, the moment the cork was taken out, was insufferably offensive. Indeed, Mr. McBride says that he could only restore very thin pieces of putrid flesh by means of fixed air. Perhaps the antiseptic power of these kinds of air may be in proportion to their acidity. If a little pains were taken with this subject, the remarkable antiseptic power of nitrous air might be possibly applied to various uses, perhaps to the preservation of the more delicate birds, fishes, fruits, etc., mixing it in different proportions with common or fixed air. Of this property of nitrous air, anatomists may perhaps avail themselves, as animal substances may by this means be preserved in their natural soft state. But how long it will answer for this purpose, experience only can show. I calcined lead and tin in the manner hereafter described in a quantity of nitrous air, but with very little sensible effect. 
which rather surprised me, as, from the result of the experiment with the iron filings and brimstone, I had expected a very great diminution of the nitrous air by this process. The mixture of iron filings and brimstone, and the calcination of the metals, having the same effect upon common air, both of them diminishing it in nearly the same proportion. But though I made the metals fume copiously in nitrous air, there might be no real calcination, the phlogiston not being separated, and the proper calcination prevented by there being no fixed air, which is necessary to the formation of the calyx, to unite with it. Nitrous air is procured from all the proper metals by spirit of nitre, except lead, and from all the semi-metals that I have tried, except zinc. For this purpose I have used bismuth and nickel, with spirit of nitre only, and regulus of antimony and platina, with aqua regia. I got little or no air from lead by spirit of nitre, and have not yet made any experiments to ascertain the nature of this solution. With zinc I have taken a little pains. Four penny weights and seventeen grains of zinc, dissolved in spirit of nitre, to which as much water was added, yielded about twelve ounce measures of air, which had, in some degree, the properties of nitrous air, making a slight effervescence with common air, and diminishing it as much as nitrous air, which had been itself diminished one-half by washing in water. The smell of them both was also the same, so that I concluded it to be the same thing, that part of the nitrous air, which is imbibed by water, being retained in this solution. In order to discover whether this was the case, I made the solution boil in a stand heat. Some air came from it in this state, which seemed to be the same thing with nitrous air diminished about one-sixth, or one-eighth, by washing in water. When the fluid part was evaporated, there remained a brown fixed substance, which was observed by Mr. Hellot, who describes it, A.C., paragraph 1735, M., page 35. A part of this I threw into a small red-hot crucible, and covering it immediately with a receiver standing in water, I observed that very dense red fumes rose from it, and filled the receiver. This redness continued about as long as that which is occasioned by a mixture of nitrous and common air. The air was also considerably diminished within the receiver. This substance, therefore, must certainly have contained within it the very same thing, or principle, on which the peculiar properties of nitrous air depend. It is remarkable, however, that though the air within the receiver was diminished about one-fifth by this process, it was itself as much affected with a mixture of nitrous air, as common air is, and a candle burned in it very well. This may perhaps be attributed to some effect of the spirit of nitre in the composition of that brown substance. Nitrous air, I find, will be considerably diminished in its bulk by standing a long time in water about as much as inflammable air is diminished in the same circumstances. For this purpose I kept for some months a quart bottle full of each of these kinds of air, but as different quantities of inflammable air vary very much in this respect, it is not improbable that the nitrous air may vary also. From one trial that I made, I conclude that nitrous air may be kept in a bladder much better than most other kinds of air, 
The air to which I refer was kept about a fortnight in the bladder, through which the peculiar smell of the nitrous air was very sensible for several days. In a day or two the bladder became red, and was much contracted in its dimensions. The air within it had lost very little of its peculiar property of diminishing common air. I did not endeavor to ascertain the exact quantity of nitrous air produced from given quantities, of all the metals which yield it, but the few observations which I did make for this purpose I shall recite in this place. Six pennyweight zero grains of silver yielded seventeen and one-half ounce measures. Five pennyweight nine grains of quicksilver yielded four and one-half ounce measures. One pennyweight and two and one-half grains of copper yielded fourteen and one-half ounce measures. Two pennyweight zero grains of brass yielded twenty-one ounce measures. Zero pennyweight twenty grains of iron yielded sixteen ounce measures. One pennyweight five grains of bismuth yielded six ounce measures. Zero pennyweight twelve grains of nickel yielded four ounce measures. Footnote 6. I have since found that nitrous air has never failed to escape from the water, which has been impregnated with it by long exposure to the open air. Footnote 7. This suspicion has been confirmed by the ingenious Mr. Bewley, of Great Massingham in Norfolk, who has discovered that the acid taste of this water is not the necessary consequence of its impregnation with nitrous air, but is the effect of the acid vapor, into which part of this air is resolved, when it is decomposed by a mixture with common air. This, it will be seen, exactly agrees with my own observations on the constitution of nitrous air. In the second part of this work, a more particular account of Mr. Bewley's observation will be given in the appendix. End of section 6